really want to talk about what he mentioned. We're, we're going to have a Daniel fast. We've done this for a couple of years, but we're making a big deal out of it this year. And I want to encourage you to participate in, in what uh, has been become popularized as a Daniel fast. And we'll talk about what that looks like and all that. But I want to encourage you to get involved in that in whatever way you can. A lot of churches uh, really around the world now are participating in a Daniel fast really to start the year some even do it right after summer vacation time and such just to just to keep the spiritual momentum going so I think it's a really good thing a Daniel fast is a time to take some time to seek the Lord and uh, so we're going to talk about that how many know we're living in some days of extreme conflict and uh, in fact I've never seen conflict as strong as I have seen uh, today in America, in all levels of culture, there's conflict everywhere. And how many know God has the solution to the conflict? In fact, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, uh, the Apostle Paul said, A final word, New Living Translation, Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. And when he says a final word, you got to go back and, and remember what he talked about. The book of Ephesians, probably one of the most spiritual books in the Bible, in the New Testament particularly, because it really gives us truths of redemption, truths of who we are in Christ, and then, and then how to practically, practically apply those truths to our personal life. In Ephesians chapter 1, we find out we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Is it true? We found out that we've been accepted by God in the Beloved. We found found out that, that we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. We found out that Jesus in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, Jesus is seated in a, in a seat far above principality, power, might, dominion, all the hosts of darkness. He has authority over them and he has given us authority over them too. Is that good news? Ephesians 2, the end of that, we find out that, uh, that God has broken down the wall that separates us from Him and us from each other. In Ephesians chapter 3, we find out that God has deposited His love on the inside of us and He wants us to know how wide and deep and high and long that love is. And He wants us to be filled with the knowledge of His love. How many hear me? Then Ephesians chapter 4, it gets really practical. How many know you won't be able to do the practical things until you understand your spiritual place in God? Spiritual things are the foundation for all natural living. How many hear me? And he says in Ephesians chapter 4, Therefore I as the prisoner of the Lord, he says I want you to walk in the vocation and the calling that I've called you with in loneliness and meekness, not in, not, not in bombacity and not in pride, but humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. He says I want you to recognize Jesus as the head of the church. He's placed ministry offices in the church, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, and friends, they're coming back to the forefront in the body of Christ again as we recognize and understand the authority that Jesus has given the church. How many hear me? And he wants us to submit ourselves to godly leadership in the body of Christ. Once again, he wants the word of God to be preached strongly so that we can grow in Christ. Ephesians 4, he tells us to put off the old man, put on the new man, stop lying, stop living in anger, stop grieving the Holy Spirit, stop walking in unforgiveness and pride and rebellion and love each other as Jesus loved us and forgive each other as Jesus forgave us. Then Ephesians chapter 5, and if I want to, in Ephesians chapter 5, he tells us to be imitators of God. 
as children imitate their parents. I used to walk in my father's shoes. I walk, used to walk in his steps as he walked in the garden. Imitate God the way a child imitates his parents. He tells us to walk in love. He says, put away the things of the flesh. Don't walk in sensuality. Don't walk in carnality. Don't let sexual things occupy your mind the way they occupy the mind of the people around us. How many hear me? He says, be circumstance, redeem, be circumspect, redeem the time, the days are evil. He tells us in our hearts to honor God by speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And see, that's the basis for husbands loving your wives. Wives honoring your husbands. Parents, children obeying your parents. Parents, don't be too harsh on your children, but set an example for them. And then he talks about masters and slaves. Today we would say, if you're an employer, be respectful and nice to your employees. If you're an employee, be respectful and nice to your employer. How many hear me? He's talking about practical things. And then he finally ends by saying, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. You can't be strong in the Lord until you know who you are and you're walking in the fullness of all that Jesus did for you. How many hear what I'm saying? That's why the Word of God has to be the basis and the foundation for everything we are and everything we do as a believer. We have the same problems that everybody in our culture have, but we have a different set of answers. And our answers are found in the Word of God. And our answers are found in a relationship with Jesus. And our answers are found in seeking first the kingdom of God. How many hear me? And so he says, finally, a final word. Be strong in the Lord. Notice he said, didn't be, don't be strong in yourself. Be strong in the Lord. So it's not something that we try to conjure up and work up. If you know who you are in Jesus and let the Word of God dwell in you richly and let the Word work inside, let the Holy Spirit work inside, you'll be strong. But you won't be strong in yourself, you'll be strong in Him. Is that good news? And then he says, put on all of God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so these conflicts that we're reckoning, we've got political conflict. Personally, I've never seen it the way it is in America. How many hear me? You know what I'm talking about. And and then this racial thing's trying to raise its head. And it's demonic and it's of the devil. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. We shouldn't be getting our identity out of how much money we make, what kind of position we have in our job or what kind of business that we own. We shouldn't get our standing before others based on where we live in the community, what kind of car we drive, what kind of clothes we wear. Our standing is based on who we are in Jesus. And that makes every one of us equal before God. All men are created equal. And in Christ we're equal. And if we see ourselves any other way, Satan will destroy our nation. And I want you to know he's out to absolutely destroy our nation. The next few years will tell whether or not the United States, the free United States that we have known, it will even exist. And friends, it's time for the church of Jesus to get out of the four walls and make a difference. How many hear what I'm saying? We're living in a day of extremes. Isaiah 60 is a verse of extremes. 
And I love Isaiah 60, perhaps the fulfillment of what Isaiah saw in his day 2,500 years ago is coming to pass in our day. Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And he says, behold, darkness will cover the earth. And then he says, deep. Other translations bear gross darkness, the people. But the Lord will arise over you. And his glory will be seen upon you. And then he goes further and says, the Gentiles, the unbelievers will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Other people will see, those that are walking in darkness will see what's inside of you and they'll they'll be drawn to it. They'll ask questions. Even leaders all over the world will look to the light that is in believers and will be looking for the wisdom of God that only believers who know God and know his word have. That's what he says is coming to pass in the days perhaps that we're living in today. So again, the best way that we can prepare for 2019 is to be prepared spiritually. How many hear what I'm saying? That's the reason for a Daniel fast. I love what Jesus said again, Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first The kingdom of God is righteousness and all these things will be added. Uh, God's word is really the translation is called God's word. I like it. But first be concerned about his kingdom and what has his approval. See when it says it that way it makes me think okay how am I living? Am I living with his approving eye? On what I'm thinking, what I'm musing, what I'm doing, what I'm saying, the people that I'm with what is occupying my time. He says, be concerned about his kingdom and what has his approval. Then all these things, these natural things, food, clothing, shelter, etc., will be provided for you. So to help us with the, with the process of seeking first the kingdom of God, this year, uh, as we have the last couple of years, but we're really emphasizing this year, I want to encourage you to go with me on, a, on what we call a Daniel fast. And a Daniel fast is basically taking three weeks, 21 days, uh, where we abstain from eating certain things we normally enjoy, and we spend time with the Lord. Let me explain it a little further. Daniel chapter 10, it'll be on the screen. Uh, It says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel. Daniel was an elderly man when this happened to him, uh, who was named Belteshazzar, and the word was true, it was great. And it was a great conflict, and he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. That is, when it says mourning, he was fasting for three weeks. And then he he defines it very clearly, and this is where we get the term of Daniel fast. He says, I ate no delicacies, um, or other translations say pleasant bread. No meat or wine, he goes further, entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for three full weeks. New Living Translation, that verse says, at that time I had eaten no rich food. No meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. Now, I'm not saying don't use deodorant. (laughs) And, and, And I think you should take a bath. I know I'm going to. And I'm going to put my cologne and all that on too. But nonetheless, 
you know, for three weeks, he denied himself some of the common things that he ate. And then let's if we read further, you'll see the results of this. On April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. You know what people don't realize? All around us is the spiritual realm. In the room right now, the angels of God. Now, I do some things that would probably startle you. I think the angels of God around me all the time. In fact, I was putting something together this past week. I didn't tell Susan this. And I said, and I was having such a problem, I broke out in a sweat. I said, God, I'm, I'm obviously having a deep problem with this. Angels of God, could you help me? And, and I mean... In, in five seconds, it changed. Now, y'all, I do that all the time. Because the angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. We don't realize that we live in a spiritual world. And the spiritual world is the foundation and standard for how your natural world is. How many hear what I'm saying? If you relate rightly to Jesus, to God the Father... If you'll put the Word of God first place in your life, then you know what you're doing? You're bringing to the forefront in your life the foundation of the spiritual world that causes everything we see naturally to function and synchronize. How many hear what I'm saying? And that's what Daniel was doing. He took three weeks. He sought God. He didn't eat the way he normally did. I'll talk about that in a minute. And as he did, an angel appeared to him. And all that happened was the veil that separated him from the spiritual world thinned out. And he got a little glimpse into the other world that was there the entire time. And so it goes on to say here, only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified, ran away to hide. So I left there alone. I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale. I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak. And this is the angel. And when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And then the man said to me, Daniel, you're very precious to God. How many know you're precious to God? That's not just peculiar to Daniel, that's all of us. And so listen carefully what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Now this is, this is revelation. Since the first day you begin to pray for understanding, and he was talking about understanding for his nation, and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. How many know God hears the moment you pray? The first day you pray, God hears what you're saying. And if there's any delay in answered prayer, it's not God. He gives you the revelation of what it is. I have come, this angel said, in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Overseeing the natural kingdom was an invisible spiritual kingdom. And in that spiritual kingdom, there were demonic forces that were seeking to keep Daniel's prayer from being answered. Now, that, that's, that's what's happening in every life. Think about that in every family. 
All over the world, there are demonic forces. In fact, uh, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, he said, uh, he said that, that, that demonic forces basically form a canopy around this planet and they're seeking to keep the kingdom of God from coming to pass. But we're seated with Jesus in heavenly places far above them. How many hear what I'm saying? And what happens when you pray? What happens when you seek God? What happens when we deny ourselves some of the common pleasures of life and seek God and His kingdom and put it first? Then we're giving credence to the, in the spiritual world to the kingdom of heaven, to the power of God, and to the will and purpose of God for our life, for our family, for our children, for our church, for our community, for our state, for our nation, and for the world. So what happens when you pray? You say, God, I'm giving you permission to do everything you want to do. That's the reason Jesus prayed, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Most believers today think, sera, whatever will be, will be. If you think that way and rarely play, rarely play, pray, then the devil may have his will in your life. The thief doesn't come except to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it in abundance. And I'm going to get off into this in the next few weeks after Ron McIntosh comes. But I want to talk to you about the spiritual struggle that we do have. How many know, again, Paul said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's these demonic forces that we have to stand against. They've been, been given by Adam, the first man, a legal right to be here. God can't dispossess them immediately of their authority because he has to abide by the laws that he set the universe up and govern it with. They are there for a time. They're there for a short time. When Jesus comes back they'll be dispossessed of their authority. And then Jesus and you and me will rule and reign for a thousand years and then we enter into eternity. But for right now there's a struggle. And you know a lot of people just simply do nothing they give in to the flesh, and then they wonder why life is so hard. And they wonder why sickness and oppression and fear and all kinds of negative things and poverty and all these things, why these kinds of things dominate them and why they're having social problems in every area of their life. Why? It's because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The only way that you break through all this stuff is to wait on God, seek His will, submit to Him, seek first the kingdom of God, ask Him to manifest Himself. I knew when I wrote my notes today, I knew I wasn't going to preach them. <laughs> I've known it all week, and I haven't known what I was going to say. I hadn't planned this. But understand this, God can only do His will. Now understand what I'm about to say some people will get upset with. That's okay. God has an overall sovereign plan. That doesn't mean that God's perfect will is done in every life. In every nation, in every community, I mean, there's calamity, there's disasters, there's tumult, they're killing, stealing, lying, all kind of mess going on worldwide. Why? Because Satan is loose. Our arch enemy is here, and he's got a legal right, we'll talk about it later, to be here. And God sometimes can't intervene, even though he wants to. Because his hands are tied by people who refuse to wait on him. Today in America, we're living on the blessings of our forefathers. 
We're living on the prayers of our forefathers. We're living on the blood of our forefathers. We're living on the sacrifices of our forefathers. And our freedoms that we're now enjoying, somebody paid a price for us to have them. And if we're not careful, we could easily lose them. How many hear me? That's the reason we need to seek God, not just naturally, I was just talking nationally here, but in our personal lives, with our homes, with our families. Just don't think, I know you're hoping, well, I hope things go well with me. I hope things go well with me as I age, as I raise my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. I hope I'm here a long time. Well, you know, the only way that's going to happen is, is if you seek God and seek to do His will. Huh? If you just let happen what's going to happen, there's no telling what may happen to you or me or our community or our nation. That's why we pray. When we call for a prayer meeting, few people come. You know why? Can I get real? Because you don't think prayer is necessary. If you don't think prayer is necessary, then you know what? If I don't think prayer is necessary, then I am living in personal pride. I'm living in personal arrogance or ignorance by thinking, well, everything's just going to work out because God loves me and I take the scripture out of context. And we know that all things work together for good. Romans 8, 28, to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. The only reason that Paul could say things work together for good is because Romans 8, 26 and 27 says these people were praying. If you're not praying things may not work out well for you. I've been in ministry since 1981. I'm into my 43rd year of walking with Jesus, 42 years and five months or so now. You know what I've seen? I've seen some terrible things happen to people who were more godly than me. Do you hear me? I've seen terrible things happen. And I've said, oh God, why do these things have to happen? You know what? You have to boil it all down. We're all responsible before God with what we do with our lives. Parents, you have a lot of sway in your children's lives. And if you don't plant the right seeds and water them with your tears, then your children could go astray and be swallowed by the world and by the culture that is so headed the wrong direction today. How many hear me? Y'all, we need to pray. Daniel saw the need to pray. First day he started praying, God heard his prayer. Demonic forces hindered the prayer from being answered. And because he persevered, and because he waited on God, God came through. How many hear me? The angel came and said, well, i got an answer for you. He gave him the answer and told him exactly, exactly what he had asked for. And God did what he asked because, because he persevered. And so it is today. So spiritual things are the foundation for everything that we do. We're entering into what we call a Daniel fast. So ask yourself a question. What's ahead of life for you? What's ahead of you? Do you know? Ask yourself another question. Are you ready for what's ahead? Ask yourself this question. Are spiritual things first place? Ask yourself this question. I'm asking myself, are your priorities in line? Oh, it gets quiet. So why are we doing the Daniel fast? So, so we, can, we can examine these things and so we can set a good foundation for the rest of the year. How many would want the blessing of God to be on your life this year? Huh? Let me tell you, there is a place you can walk in 
that it's what God said to the prophet Isaiah, before you call, I will answer. And while you're yet speaking, I will hear. You know, if you'll become a person of prayer, it's amazing. If you'll just spend some time every day praying with your understanding, you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, pray in the Spirit. I do it every day, and it's amazing to me. Sometimes, just like Ron McIntosh calling me, I'd spend a season of prayer, and here he is, just called me, and I'd been thinking about it. It's just amazing. I have things happen like that happen to me all the time. I'll be thinking about somebody. Two days later, I'm having a conversation with him. Haven't seen him in months. See, it's amazing how God does things. If you'll just position yourself to let him take the upper hand and not us. How many hear me? So Daniel fast, 21 days. We're going to start this this coming Wednesday. And um, Daniel 8, it said no pleasant food, no pleasantries. Um, And so basically the Daniel fast is you're only eating things that come from the ground. No processed food. Uh, you basically, sweets and meats, you're done with them. So we're not going to be legalistic about this. What can you do? Uh, the healthiest diet in the world, as I've studied, is the Mediterranean diet, which is high on fruits and vegetables. So again, the Daniel fast, fruits, vegetables, beans, you know, uh, uh, seeds, all those kinds of things, you know, all the various, uh, you know, uh, Uh, pistachios and pecans and almonds and all that you can eat those kinds of things but nothing that is man-made so we've got a list on your way out we have these available this is also on our website of things you can eat things that you shouldn't eat so I need to put a few disclaimers on this if you're under the supervision of a physician you need to contact a physician before you make changes in what you do how many hear me that's only wise. And then if you, are, if you have an occupation where you're really busy physically and you have a lot of heavy physical things that you do, you may need to eat some extra protein. See, that's understandable. How many hear what I'm saying? So do what you need to do with you, but what can you do to participate? What can you do away with? And can you do without the sugar in your coffee? Can you do, you know, go on and on and on you go. So I want to encourage you on the level that you can participate in the Daniel fast. And, uh, you know, those that are on what they call the keto diet, you're probably pretty much eating this way anyhow. So uh, in a a fair way, with the exception of the meats and such. So just want to encourage you to participate. One thing I'm going to be doing over the next three weeks, I'll be blogging. I'll blog most days, and I usually go to Facebook to share that with all the people on my on my uh, Facebook page but other than that I'm not going to get on Facebook or social media for three weeks so you won't be seeing pictures of my grandkids and all the stuff I put on there because I'm just going to be off of it you know what we do what we're doing is we're not spending time with the Lord we're spending time researching each other it's a big problem today And so our time's taken up with all of the gadgetry that we have. Let's take the next three weeks, cut it all down, seek God, seek first His will. And uh, if you do, you'll find you'll be blessed. So so Wednesday, we start this the 10th. We're going to have praise and worship Wednesday night. We'll end with with communion. And and then we'll, uh, uh, we'll start, commence our fast with communion. Is that good? And then every night, beginning Thursday night, so Wednesday night, 7 to 8, Thursday night, 7 to 8, Friday night, 7 to 8, and then Monday through Friday, the next couple of weeks, all the way through January 31st, we're going to meet here from 7 to 8, those that want to, we'll have the lights low, we'll have some low music, we'll be able to pray on our own, and then 
And then we'll always conclude the meeting with a, with a special time of prayer. We also have prayer guides that are on our website. I can't encourage you enough to participate in what we call Daniel Fast. Even if you, your schedule prohibits your coming here from 7 to 8, I get how life is. Susan and I have four kids. We're busy like crazy and have been. I understand, but do what you can, and I want to encourage you to participate in this and watch what God does with the rest of your year. How many hear me? Uh, I've got a lot of things in my notes I knew I wouldn't share. You can go to my notes. The, today they're on, uh, on version, and then they'll be on our website tomorrow, hopefully. I've got a bunch of things I've, I've laid out here about fasting, what the Bible says and doesn't say about fasting. But as we conclude today, there's, there's two major things I want you to get. Number one, number one, fasting doesn't work if all you do is just abstain from food you like. Huh? No. Fasting works... When I take the time that I would have taken to prepare and eat and do all that, and I spend it with the Lord in the Word. How many hear what I'm saying? Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. It's written, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How many hear me? Listen to Job 23, 12. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Did you get that? I got to read that again. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips, Job said. I have treasured the words of his mouth. That is the word of God. More than my necessary food. Then Jeremiah the prophet, he said this, Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I'm called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. So what I'm planning to do during these three weeks is just, I mean, I'm in the word and you're in the word, but I'm going to do more. So take some time, bring your Bible with you. If you've got your Bible on your gadgets, I've got it on my phone, I've got it on my iPad, I've got my hard copy. Everywhere you are, take your Bible. In every moment that you have, instead of looking at social media or being involved in this or that or the other or watching a TV program or watching something online, take some time to get in the Word because God will speak to you. The Holy Spirit loves the Word of God. Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into, what? All truth. He'll not speak of himself. but Whatever he hears, he will speak. And then, Jesus said, he will show you things to come. Take some time during the next three weeks, beginning this Wednesday. So get ready. I didn't say go out and eat everything that you, that you really, really like Monday and Tuesday. Get ready. And today, pig out. I didn't say that. No, but take some time beginning Wednesday. Let's do this Daniel fast together. Do what you can do. Seek the Lord. Lord, what can I do? What should I do? He'll speak to you. I know how I'm going to participate in the Daniel fast. This is not some strict thing. It's not a religious thing. It's a heart thing. How many hear me? Think of Daniel. He wanted God. He needed answers. We need God. We need answers for our personal lives, for our families, for our children, for our community, desperately for our nation. We'll be praying about all these things, as you'll see in the prayer guide. But you know what? If we'll seek God, He will will hear. And how many know He will answer? How many are excited about that? 
So, you know, let me just encourage you, if you're not used to doing this, seeking God means you, you, you turn your heart towards Him. It means you get somewhere where there's nothing, the TV's off, everything's off, you're quiet, you're reading. Sometimes you may want to turn some, some just, I just put instrumental music on, turn the light. Sometimes I go for a walk, sometimes in a room by myself. I used to pray in a big closet I had years ago. But I get off by myself, and, and sometimes you just get quiet. Pour your heart out. Tell the Lord how much you love Him, how much you need Him. Let me tell you something about relating to God. Often you feel nothing. But that doesn't mean He's not there. He's always here. My feelings mean nothing. But His Word means everything. When I begin to relate to God, the first thing I do is break open my Bible. And I just begin to read. Sometimes I read out loud. If I'm sleepy, I stand up, read out loud. One guy, I told you, he stood, he stood up, got on his bathtub and read on the edge. So he'd fall and hurt himself if he went to sleep. Do what you got to do. Get in the Word first. Get in the Word first. And then just have some times of prayer. I pray in English. I pray. I'm baptized with the Holy Spirit. I pray in other tongues every day, at least an hour a day, sometimes most of the times more throughout the day but you know if you'll do that we get to the end of this 21 days God will be more real his purposes for you in 2019 will be more real you will have sought God about your personal life about your marriage about your children about your family about your job about your finances about your community we will have prayed for our nation. We'll be pray, we will have prayed for missions, activities all over the earth. We will have prayed for the kingdom of God to expand. We come to the end of these 21 days. Just as Daniel had that, that angel say, I was withstood by demonic forces. But they had to move out of the way because of you. You know what you're going to find out? You're going to have some breakthroughs. I personally don't enjoy fasting. I like to eat things I like to eat. It's not comfortable. Jesus said, wash your face. Do your hair. Or, you know, wax your head if you're me. Put on your clothes. Put on some cologne. Don't let, it, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Don't let other people know what you're doing. Act as normal as you can. Right? But in your heart, you're saying, God, I want you bad. And y'all, for me, anytime I've taken some time to get with God, at the moment, at times because of my flesh, it's been hard and challenging, but the end result has always been the blessing of God. Can I read one more thing? Can I? May I? May I? Isaiah 58 is so cool. This is the blessings of fasting. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. See, fasting affects you spiritually and it enables you to minister life to others. He says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked you cover him and you not hide yourself from your own flesh? He says, when you're fasting, bless someone else. Give to ministries. Give to others. Help someone in need. Do something. Go to your closet. Give those clothes away you hardly ever wear. 
Give some of the nice ones away. Give your nice shoes away. Give your nice coat away. Do something to help somebody else. How many hear me? Then he said, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. God will surround you. Then you'll call, the Lord will answer. You will cry, he will say, I'm here. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, the speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness. The darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You'll be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. All of us have dry times in life. You know, the antidote for that is is waiting on God. And that waiting on God time is sometimes challenging to the flesh, to the mind, to the emotions. But we're going to do this together. Is that good? You know, when you do that, I promise you, we come to the end of this time, we're going to have some testimonies of what God's doing in your life, in your family, in your marriage in your finances, in using you to bless other people outside the four walls of this building.